We're going to start a new sermon series this morning. Grab your Bibles, turn to Revel, or Revelation, turn to Romans uh, chapter 14, and we're going to be here for a few weeks and talk about a really important subject, Romans 14. We're just going to read verses 1 and 2 as we start. Uh, Karen and I were, our, uh, were gone last week. We actually went down to see Ryan in Durham and uh, had a great uh, week. Um, the, the sermon I heard last week was 50 minutes long, and so we'll see how much of that rubbed off on me last week, and uh, we'll see how this morning goes. And uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll stay to thirty minutes. We'll see. Uh, Romans chapter fourteen. Uh, we're going to read verses one and two to start, but then we're going to hop around in this in this chapter throughout the uh, the sermon this morning. It says, "Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables." This is the word of the Lord. So we're going to be we're going to start a sermon series this morning. I want to give a couple qualifications as we start. Uh, one about what the sermon series isn't about, and one about what the sermon series is about. So we're going to be in Romans 14 and Romans 15 the, the next few weeks. And the sermon series, you can see from the slide on the screen, is how to disagree. And the the two things I want to say to begin: first of all, what the sermon series is not about. The, we I'm not preaching this sermon series because we, we are currently having a bunch of disagreements in the church. Uh, there's not fighting going on in the deacons and fighting going on in business meetings and finance meetings to where I was like, well, I better preach on this because we're arguing with each other. It's just not true. There, there's peace in, in the church. There's unity in the church. But it's kind of like preaching on tithing. You really don't want to preach on tithing when you're in the middle of a budget crisis because then it just looks like you're being kind of mercenary, like, okay, you need to obey God so we can pay the light bill. And in, in a similar way here, um, it's better to preach on how to disagree in a time where there is peace so it doesn't look like we're just trying to put a tourniquet on a, a big problem. Uh, the second thing that I want to say is, even though this isn't a problem in the church right now, this nonetheless is an issue we deal with as Christians um, in, in a lot of situations because there is a tendency uh, oftentimes in our relationships, whether it's at work or in, in, um, in family life or somewhere else, um, here, I'll give you the easiest amen line uh, that I'll give you today. Uh, there are a number of Christians that really like to argue with each other. Amen? And so we want to talk about the, the biblical approach. And Romans 14 is probably the most important passage in the New Testament on this because even though we as a church aren't having a time of contention right now, we all as Christians deal with the reality of people liking to argue and and wanting to get into to, um, arguments about the Bible and about Christian stuff. So even though it isn't because we're having an argument right now in the church, this is something that most of us are going to deal with on a, on a somewhat regular basis. If, you're, if you have your passage here, we're going to start in Romans 14, um, verses 1 and 2, and then, and then hop down. If you're visiting this morning, there's a sermon outline in your bulletin. You're welcome to follow along with that. A fact of life is this. There are going to be disputable matters Christians disagree on. There are going to be disputable matters that Christians disagree on. Um, look with me in verse um, 1. It says, Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over what? Disputable matters. Those two words are going to serve as the foundation for everything we're going to talk about over the next few weeks because Paul lays out here the reality that there are disputable matters. And, and I, I really need to emphasize this as we start 
because oftentimes we act like this isn't true. Because um, what he's going to argue is that there are disputable matters where Bill may believe one thing about a certain issue, and I may believe something else, and Preston may believe something else. And what he's going to argue here is not that, okay, the, there should be no disputable matters. I want you guys to yell at each other till you convince each other. I want you all to just go at it. Instead, what he's going to lay out here is there are disputable matters. And that means there's issues. These are secondary issues in the Christian faith, not the primary issues. There are secondary issues in the Christian faith where Bill may think one thing, and I may think something else, and Preston may think something else. And it's okay that we have come to a place where those matters are disputable within our walk of faith. Now, there are certain things that are indisputable, and those are relatively small in number. We believe, let me just give, give you a few examples. Jesus Christ is the unique Son of God. Amen? Um, at the moment of salvation, God gives us the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. Amen? The Bible is the Word of God. Amen? There, there, and I won't go through the whole list, but there's a few things that are that are okay. This is the way we believe, and and you know this is this is a, a non-negotiable because it gets to the core of our faith. There's a ton of other issues where there are things that are secondary to our faith that you may believe one thing on that, and I may believe another thing. And Paul here lays out this idea that it can be a disputable matter. Look at verse two with me. And this is something that isn't going to mean a lot to us today because it's not really an issue that we, um, that we argue about a whole lot. Uh, well, argue about it all. But he says this was an issue for them back then. He says, except, I'm sorry, verse 2, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. All right, that means nothing to us, but back in Paul's day, there was a big dispute over they would have, there would be meat that would be sacrificed to idols. And there were some Christians that thought, okay, I'm not going to eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols because it's been sacrificed to idols. There were other Christians who looked at that and said, well, the idol's not real. It's just a, a stone or a piece of metal, so it's not like anything changed in the meat. So I'm going to eat the meat because what happened when it was sacrificed to an idol really didn't change anything about it. There were some that believed one way and some that believed the other way. And Paul here is saying, he doesn't come out and say, listen, this way is absolutely right, or this way is absolutely right. He says, what's verse 1 tell us? It is a disputable matter. Some Christians believed one way, and some the other. Look down at verse 5 for a second example. In verse 5 he says, this also doesn't do much for us today, but it was a big deal back then. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another person considers every day alike. That was also a deal for them back then. There were some people who believed there should be certain holy days during the year. For us today, for instance, if we were going to do that, we would say probably like Easter and Christmas would kind of elevate those as being really high days in the Christian calendar. And there are other people who said, no, no, every day we should treat every day as the same because every day is just you know us walking with the Lord another day. And so there were some that treated certain days different and some that treated every day the same. And Paul here says in verse 5, he said, that also is a disputable matter. Well, Jim, well, okay, if if the meat to idols issue isn't one for us today, and the vegetable or in the uh, this day thing isn't one for us today, what would be some examples today of issues like this? Well, let me give you a few examples. These are issues where there are Christians who disagree, 
And it would fall under the category of disputable matters. Um, let me give you just a handful of examples. What songs to sing in worship? There are some people who like traditional hymns. There are some people who like praise choruses. And that is not an issue where we can go to the Bible and say, okay, it's absolutely hymns or it's absolutely praise choruses. Different Christians may prefer different things. A second example would be schooling. There are some Christians that put their kids in public school. There are some Christians that put their kids in private Christian schools. And there are some Christians that homeschool. That's an issue that is a disputable matter. Different Christians can believe different ways on that. Drinking alcohol. There are some people who think you, you should not drink at all, and then there's others that think it's okay to drink. That's a disputable matter. Who to vote for? All right. Now we've gone to Midland, haven't we? There are some people that would argue, okay, I, I, I'm prioritizing this issue, so I think I should vote for this person. Somebody else may say, I think you should vote for that person. And that is a disputable matter. What movies and shows to watch? There are some people that are really strict about, I'm, I'm not going to watch anything if it has that in it. And there's others that may feel a different way. Um, how expensive a car to own? There are some people that feel like it's, a, you know, it's okay to have a more expensive car. There are some that may want to have a less expensive car. Now understand, and, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough, I am not arguing today that anything you believe is okay. It, it doesn't matter what you believe. We're going to get into the specifics in a minute about what God wants us to do on these issues. The, the thing I'm arguing here is this, that Paul is laying out there are issues, secondary issues, not primary issues. There are secondary issues in the Christian faith where Bill can believe one thing and I can believe another thing, and we agree that they are disputable matters. We agree that he has his opinion and I have my opinion. And so as we think about that, we want to talk as we understand that, that issue. Okay, if, if that's true, then how, how do we, if there are disputable matters, then how do we handle disagreements? What are we to do? Because um, generally, to go back to what I said at the beginning, how do we normally handle disagreements? in the Christian walk. Well, I yell at you, and you yell at me until we're both hoarse, um, and and we yell at each other, or we, we vigorously debate whatever word you want to use, and, and we feel like that somehow that's the way that we're supposed to handle these, and Paul here is pointing us to something else. So if there are disputable matters, how are we to handle these issues? All right, let's get into a couple other verses. The second thing is this. What to do instead of arguing? Rather than focusing on changing others' minds, be fully convinced in your own mind. Be fully convinced in your own mind. Let's look at verse 5, and then I want to hop down to verse 22. Now, verse 5, the second half, we read the first half of verse 5 a moment ago. Look at the second half of verse 5. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. What's that mean? It means, first of all, this is something, okay, if, if we're not supposed to argue about these issues, there are some people that would immediately go to the other end and go, well, you know what, and, and, and if there are disputable matters, there's some people who go all the way to the other end and go, well, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, just believe what you want to believe, and it doesn't really matter what you believe, I guess, so... Uh, just, you know, ignore the Bible and don't pay attention to it because it doesn't really matter. No. Paul says here in verse 5 that we are 
to be fully convinced in their each person should be fully convinced in their own mind. That means we are to study the Bible. We are to dig into the word, not just on the big issues, but also on these secondary issues. I I want to know God's will for everything in my life. I want to know God's will. And so if you want to know God's will, where do you go? You go to the Word and you dig in and you find out what it says. But as I get in there and I dig in and I find out what it says, my response to that should not be, all right, now I learned a little bit. I'm going to go yell at Bill because Bill believes something else and we're going to argue about it because that's, that's what I'm supposed to do with my knowledge. I'm supposed to go hit somebody over the head. We've all seen cartoons before, you know, where it has somebody, this is too small of a Bible, has somebody with a big Bible, you know, and they got it back like this because they're going to knock somebody upside the head. And a lot of times we act like that's what we're supposed to be doing is the, the Bible is, is something we're supposed to knock people upside the head on. And here Paul tells us on these disputable matters, I'm not, I don't want you to get into the Word to understand this so you can go argue. I want you to get into the Word to understand this so you can be fully convinced in your own mind. So you can understand it deeply in your own mind. Hop over down to verse 23. Same chapter. Verse 23. Look at what he says there. He says in verse 23, But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. He's alluding back to the issue of the, the, the meat sacrificed to idols or not sacrificed to idols, that thing. So he's alluding back to that as an example of a disputable matter. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not arguing. It doesn't matter what you believe. You need to dig in. You need to try to understand. You need to try to grasp this. Because you need to have, what's the phrase he uses there in verse 23? Uh, if you have doubts, you're condemned in what you eat because the eating is not from faith. I want to understand the issues. I want to live my life as well as I can understand God's will. As best as I can grasp what He has for me. I want to live my life of faith, understanding what He has called me to do. But the point as I do that is to be fully convinced in my own mind, not to go out and see how many arguments I can get into. So as you understand that there, and as you look at that, go back up to verse 22, the second half of 22. And this brings out for us the idea that the focus is for us to be inward in reflection, not outward in conflict. Let me say that again because this is really important. When it comes to these issues, the focus is supposed to be inward in reflection. I want to understand God's will as much as I can. I want to know God's will as closely as I can. Inward in reflection, not outward in conflict. Look at 22, the second half of it. it. It emphasizes that point. It says that we just made. Second half of 22 says, Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. We are to discern right and wrong as best as we can. We are to understand what God is calling us to do as best as we can so that we don't condemn ourselves by a approving and believing in things that are inappropriate and wrong. And so we are to understand these as well as we can in order to walk with God as well as we can. But as I do this, my, my, my goal is to 
understand the Word, to be fully convinced in my own mind not to go argue. Now, that leads us to the third thing. But if I'm not arguing, who should I talk to? And the answer is, talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. Look at the, look at the first part of verse 22. We were just there. He says, So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. <laughs> I could quit my job today if somebody would pay me to do this. I don't want to do this job. I could quit my job today and work 80 hours a week just... I could Every morning, I could take that phrase, but whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. I could copy and paste that, and then I could go on Facebook, and I could spend 16 hours a day on people's posts just pasting that in there and going on, and pasting that in there and going on. Because we're out there arguing about everything. Well, you say this about that, but that's not true because of this. I mean, social media is all about arguing over all this stuff. And we as Christians have bought into that and we're out there arguing with everybody else. And I wonder sometimes if God doesn't look in. And when we argue, it's not like we don't think that we're doing it for God. You know, I'm out there being a warrior for God. I'm out there arguing for Jesus. And I wonder if God's up there every time we post something like that going, so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. I wonder if he's not up there saying, I, I never wanted you guys to spend all your time arguing. I never wanted you all to spend all your time debating these issues and, and wasting all this effort on that kind of stuff when I had bigger things for you to accomplish. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't talk to other people about it. For instance, if I have questions about an issue and I'm trying to discern this, I don't want to argue, I'm trying to learn. There's nothing wrong with me going to Bill and saying, Bill, listen, I, I, I was reading Galatians 2 and I don't understand this. Can you help me with this? This passage isn't saying that we can't go to somebody else and try to learn something from them, but it is saying that we shouldn't spend all of our time arguing with each other. Can we go all the way back for a second to the thing I said originally? We, in this church, we are not... We don't have any contention right now. There's no argument right now. But I said, and the second point was, I said, but this is important because you see this all the time. And everything we've talked to up to this point about us arguing was all right. We see this all the time. Amen? People are fussing and arguing and complaining. And this is a different sermon, so I'm not getting into it. But the, the big point that this hurts is that when we spend all of our time arguing amongst each other and fighting amongst each other, it is a terrible witness for the church to the world. Because the church doesn't look at us and go, look, they're doing God's will and they're trying to learn as much truth as they can. The church, the world looks at the church and goes, why would I want a part of that? They can't get along with each other. They, can't, they argue about everything. Why would I want to be a part of that? And so Paul here gives us this wisdom and we would be so much better off if we would take it so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. So the point was to talk to God about it. So if you if you have questions about it, um, you know there's nothing wrong with going to somebody and, and trying to discern, but the big person you need to talk to is God. God, help me to understand this better. God, open up this passage to me. God, help me to, to grasp your will as clearly as I can.
We need to talk to God about it. Some of us get about this much knowledge, and then we run out arguing with everybody we can argue about. Um, just to pick one example. Um, our world has, has seen um, the situation with Israel go downhill over the last couple of weeks. Um, and you know we've done a we're going to resume the study on Wednesday night to try to kind of discern these matters as well as we can. Um, the number of people who have posted things about that, and as somebody who has studied the Bible, I look at that and I'm like, you don't know anything. Like you have this much knowledge, and you're posting it. You know, if we did this, we would solve the Middle Eastern conflict. No, we wouldn't. You, you don't know anything about this, and yet you're acting like you know everything. Keep what you, as you're dealing with these issues, keep it between you and God. Now, let's talk specifically about some examples as we finish up. I want to go to verse 14. And I want to be really careful about this because I don't want you to misunderstand me. And so I want to give a few examples. But who's right? So, so, all this is well and good, but then there's some of us who like to argue, and let me acknowledge, uh, I've gotten better in as I've gotten older, but I love to argue. I love to argue. Um, and when I was younger, I would argue a lot more, and I do think I've matured a little bit in that down through the years to not do that as much. Um, but, but there's a part of us, and some of, you all, some of you all don't like to argue, and so you're not feeling this right now, some of you all are sitting there going, all right, Jim, I hear what you're saying, but he's wrong. He's wrong. And somebody needs to get in his face and tell him what's right and shut that guy up because what he's saying is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and somebody better shut that guy up. And so let's go to this last point. But who's right? And the answer is this. On some issues... There is not one right answer. Now, let me time out. Don't freak out on me. You all know, you all have heard me preach enough to know I'm not saying it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. We're talking about disputable matters here. We're not talking about core issues. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. That's a hard core issue. The Bible is the Word of God. That's a hard core issue. You know, we're talking about that when on those issues, there are, there are answers that are non-disputable. But when we get to these secondary issues, there are situations where, depending on the, the situation and where you're at and, and your level of maturity, there may be situations where it's not just, okay, well, Bill knew the Bible better than me, so when we get to heaven, he's like, yeah, Jim, Bill was right about all that, you were an idiot, but I didn't want to tell you then. There are situations where, depending on the situation, we may deal, we may come to different answers. Let me give three examples um, just briefly about that. Number one is, uh, let's talk about drinking for a second. Let's talk about drinking for a second. So, there are some Christians who uh, drink in moderation, and there are other Christians who don't drink. And it would be simple, to it'd be nice to be able to stand here and say, well, you know, uh, the absolute answer is this, or the absolute answer is that. But I think a lot of that issue depends on circumstance. Let me explain what I mean. If you're a Christian in Germany, 
Germany is a, is a country that drinks a lot and has a very, they, they don't see drinking as a big deal. And so they, you know, there a Christian might drink and it might not turn ahead. I personally do not drink. I choose not to. Why? Because I believe that if I was at Longhorn, in the cultural context I'm in of southern West Virginia, I believe that if I was at Longhorn and a non-Christian saw me drinking a beer at Longhorn, it could cause them to get tripped up and not want to go to church. And even though I do think biblically, I would, I have, it, it talks in the Bible about moderate drinking is, is not a sin in and of itself, I choose not to drink because I don't want to use my freedom to cause someone else to trip up. Now, that may not be true for everybody else in the room. There, there's, there's situate, you gotta kinda of figure out in the situation. But for me, the thought of doing that and somebody not going to church, not wanting Jesus because they think the preacher's a hypocrite, that's too high a cost for me. And I'm unwilling to pay that cost. And so I don't drink. Second example. Uh, let's talk about schooling for a second. So, uh, Karen and I chose to send our children to public schools. That was not an accidental choice. That was a deliberate choice because discerning between, and, and it depends on the school system, and it depends on your financial situation, and it depends on sports, and it depends on if both parents are working, and it depends on a whole host of different things. We chose to send our kids to public schools. There are other good friends of mine who have sent their kids to Christian schools, and they believe that's a great choice. There are other friends of mine who have chosen to homeschool. Karen Junger's sister, has, she and her husband have homeschooled all four of their boys. Um, I, I don't think in, in those situations that there is one right answer or one wrong answer. It depends on the circumstance. It depends on the situation. And so as I look back on our decision to send our kids to public school, I'm very happy with that decision. I feel like that was the right decision for us. I do not feel like God is up there in heaven going, if you make that choice, if you make that choice, if you make that choice, you're wrong. You have to make this other choice. I feel like it depends on the situation based on all those different circumstances. And a Christian is to discern the situation as well as they can because the Bible does not have a verse that says you have to homeschool your kids or you have to send your kids to public school. And so it's a matter of us trying to discern as best we can with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Third example. Honor your father and mother. In, in our family right now, we have two different circumstances. Um, on Karen's side of the family, her grandmother is 97 and she is at assisted living um, because she was no longer able to stay at home by herself. My dad is 83. And even though he recently was in the hospital, he was able to go back home. There are some people in a situation like that, you've heard people say before, I would never, it's just, it's sinful to send your parent to a nursing home or whatever it may happen to be. I believe it's a matter of discernment. I think within me and my brother and sister, we are keeping my dad at home because he's able to be there and that's the best decision for him right now. Karen and her two sisters have taken immaculate care of their grandmother and she's no longer safe at home. And her being in assisted living is the best choice there. It's not like there's one choice. And if you look at it, you say, well, you know, if you're really going to honor your father and mother, like the Bible says, you've got to do this. As a Christian, we're supposed to discern as best we can based on the information in front of us. And one group of people may come to one circumstance and another group of people may come to another circumstance. Look with me in verse 14. Look at me in verse 14. 
This is what we're going to conclude on today. It says, I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. Now again, keep the context. We're talking about disputable matters. We're not talking about everything. We're talking about disputable matters. But Paul lays this out here. This is very powerful. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. There are situations where it depends on my discernment of God and me trying to do what's right as I walk forward. And as we understand that, we need to grasp with each other, Bill's circumstance may be different than my circumstance. And if Bill's trying to honor God within his circumstance, it's not my job to go up to him and say, Bill, you're an idiot. Quit doing that. But it's my job to lift him up and pray for him just as it's his job to lift me up and pray for me. Let's finish out back in verse 2. So the point we want to make this morning, or verse 1, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. So let's try this this week. When somebody wants to argue about things like this, let's not argue. Let's just say, you know what? You can have your opinion and I can have my opinion and let's both try to be fully convinced before the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I'm sorry for all the times where we have argued and fussed over issues where You have called us to recognize that there are disputable matters. I pray, Father, that You would help us to be fully convinced in our own mind and talk to You about it instead of talking to everybody else about it. Father, help us to do better on this. Not just for our own sakes, but for the sake of our witness to a lost and dying world. I pray in Jesus' name.